to another episode of the Jones Underground Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Jones. We have a special guest. Um, That's me, Emmanuel Jones. We're still on the Jones Podcast. Yes, Jones <laughs> Underground. Um, I got my cousin, brother from another mother. Um, we came up together. And so, you see us two men. Uh, my wife is somewhere close. So, <laughs> you heard I'm that? listening. I'm just listening. Yeah, so she might chip in because you know we, we might talk about her boy LeBron or something. Oh, she gosh. got she got words for that. Uh, tonight's topics we're gonna talk about uh, John Morant throwing his NBA career away, <laughs> or at least the hopes for the Grizzlies in the playoffs. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh, he's still all right in the West. <laughs> we gonna see, man. We gonna see. <laughs> then we're gonna talk about. Um, Michael, we're going to talk about corny. You know, what is corny dudes in the black community? We're going to talk about this, man. What is corny? What's not corny? Uh, the reason for that. And then we're going to talk about what is manliness. You know, Jonathan Majors and some shoots he did in these magazines. Ebony, one of them. Uh, we want to talk about what, you know, some of them may not have been what some people thought was manly, I guess. So we're going to discuss these things. First, we're going to talk about John Morant um, on Instagram Live in a strip club waving these guns around. Um, uh, Give it arenas part two, I guess. (laughs) So Asian Zero was a little bit different because nobody's seen the guns. He was in lock and roll with the guns. Another idiotic move, but... The, the thing that pops off in my head about John Moran, and I saw this on Facebook, his dad was like, well, that's on him. So how can we say more than that? I mean, it, it the problem is people get to a certain level in a career, whether it be sports, music, entertainment, whatever it is, and they feel like they have to portray a certain character so that people that knew them before don't think that they have lost touch or that they aren't keeping it real. And at some point, and when you think about talking to individuals about maturity, at some point in your maturity, in your growth, you have to determine, okay, is it more um, important that I maintain this image or that I do things to make sure that my livelihood is not impacted? And we talk about we're talking about John, but it made me think of MJ. Yeah. MJ got so much flat because he didn't openly support all the black. Uh, initiatives and stuff like that but he had a career that he had to look out for yeah I look at it like this John Morant is in the mess around to find out uh, <laughs> portion of the game he's he's about at an 8 you know when they was when they was <laughs> on the know, scale when they was trying to fight Shannon Sharp it was it was cute then the situation with the Indiana Pacers where him and his boys is pointing laser yeah. Uh, gun sights at the paces as they was getting on their tour bus and it's like okay the NBA was just trying to get a hold of that then the 
story about the teenager that he pulled the gun out on came out okay and then you know as they were just looking into this situation my man went on instagram and kind of told on himself and just to jump in real quick because i i haven't heard everything because the last thing that i heard about the teenager and the gun was he said he didn't have the gun was Josh said he didn't have the gun. He said he hit him, but he didn't have the gun. Look, man. <laughs> you know, first, if we got breaking news on you every time we look <laughs> up, man. <laughs> In this case, broken news. First, you don't need to be about that life, man. You you making you got a two hundred million dollar contract coming in. Uh, you won. Right. You know, you literally won. You up there making Dame Lillard and Steph Curry money. And why you got to go into the club with a chain and a gun? Like, <laughs> like, like Jalen said, you already achieved it. So why do you need to portray the the, the gangster? My, <laughs> I saw a video. Um, they... Um, did a snippet from 8 Mile where uh, he's doing the battle rap against the dude and he was like, yeah. you went to a private school. They did that for John ja Morant. Yeah. You not ghetto, bro. No. You grew up in a two-family household. You went to a private school. You didn't. You ain't about that life until you got some money and now you want to be about that life? No. No. Then your dad sitting here capping for you <laughs> everywhere you go. He was literally gonna fight Shannon Sharp because he said your boy Dylan Brooks was too little. Gosh. Like, y'all, man, when I sit here and say this, and maybe it's me being an older dude in my 40s, these young dudes, man, you can't say not a word about them without. I mean, it makes being on Instagram, we got nephews and cousins that be on there waving guns and. Robbing folks that be on the gram with they stuff or whatever. It's like, oh man, I got money. You sit here flashing money and guns. Next thing you know, dude dead or getting robbed. You know, less than a week later. Um, offset. Yeah, Offset. You know, gangster rapper. Lived that lifestyle, everything else, and dead. And, and the ironic thing is, he got shot at a dice game. <laughs> and then look at all these other people it, that's the thing that makes it more dangerous because these people that watch you on Instagram and, and they watch you on your feeds and stuff like that they're not just watching you because they fans you know Nipsey Hussle got killed by some by the range dude you know these rappers are coming up dead you know because rock right so these guys are you know and they ain't dying of natural causes people are coming to see these people to rob them and so you out here like you bulletproof and they didn't stop making guns when they made the one you was in your video with and and like you said we're older about 40 plus it's different from when we were young it's it's now I'm not going to let you beat me up. In, in our day, you fought. If you got beat up, you lived to fight another day, as they said, in Friday. But now, it's I'm not going to let you beat me up. If I can't beat you in a fight, I'm going to shoot you. 
some and of that's the problem. Pull a gun before they even go to swinging hands. <laughs> because they know they can't fight. <laughs> to take care of you, bro. We talk about, we talk about fumbling the bag. Because Paul if Pierce Paul Pierce shoots somebody to protect himself, his career is still over. Um, Ask Mexico Bears. How ask that Ray Rice yeah. how that worked out for him. Plexico Burris, man. Plexico Burris. Shot his own self. What the hell was shooting his own self? Like, when I sit here and say this, and, and I, I respect Paul Pierce and his opinion and everything else, but it's just not my bag because my man was getting ESPN dollars and, and fumbled that bag real hard doing the same thing. Doing to be in a strip club. Doing but no, similar. to have strippers, were the strippers at his crib or he was in a, he was in a, a hotel room? Yeah, he was in With some strippers room, but, on live. But you, but you. To cost you millions. Come on now. Think he don't have that. Paul Pierce just doesn't have that up there. No, and, and then he, and Paul then, Pierce said he was better than uh, Kevin Durant, didn't he? Man, Paul come Pierce. on, that tells you enough about Paul Pierce. Okay, uh, uh, I, <laughs> I can't even justify what he said on that one. But the game, but the the game has changed. Period. Because once again, yeah, you have money, you make yourself a target, but. If you know you a target, why are you putting yourself in places where you right. got a bullseye on you? So we have we have a cousin, a younger cousin, who just he literally can't get right. And I was talking to him, trying to 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 impart some knowledge from my forty years of experience. And he's talking about how. Uh, He's got to make sure he's safe at 18 years old. I was like, man, that has never been a concern of mine in 40 plus years worrying about am I safe? I mean, and like you said, it's all about the situations that you put yourself in. That just seems like a horrible existence. At 18, you worried about being safe. You got to have something on you to make you safe. I ain't never had to carry nothing on me. Grew up in Walnut Park in the 80s and 90s and and never felt like I had to carry something on me to be safe. Now, I'm going to be full disclosure. At one point, I lived, four or five years ago, I lived in the Ville. Um, I was in a neighborhood where it was a situation where I did have a cheap handgun. It was like a high point. Basically, like, the cheapest handgun you can buy or whatever. And I was at the range shooting it because I thought they was junk or somebody told me they was junk and it was reliable. Dude said 50 bucks, I can have it. I bought it. 
little did I know that uh, four weeks later, you know, I would be coming from the ATM because I, you know, had to put money in the bank with the ATM around the corner, and this is one of those ones that you have to walk up because I didn't have a car at the time. Mm-hmm. I was walking back to my house, and I see a dude on a bicycle following me. So normally I turn up at, you know, up the street called Ashland and get home, but I'm like, no, let me turn up this other street before it and see if dude follow me up the street. And lo and behold, he was following me one way and the dude was coming down the alley a whole nother way. So it was two of them. Mm. So I looked over and I walked up a little bit before where they could meet and right as they were getting five steps behind, I pulled my gun on. And I know for a fact that if I didn't do that, I probably could have got, you know, robbed, killed, or whatever the situation is. But in my whole 44 years of existence, that's the only time I've ever pulled a gun on anyone. And you didn't put yourself in that situation. That situation happened to you, unfortunately. And unfortunate things happen. But it's different when you riding around with people you know that are doing things right. that they shouldn't now, now, and now you need to have something on you because you might get caught up in right. something that they right. doing or totally separate or you riding around and doing stuff to other people yes. and now they looking to get back at you exactly and the thing about it is and it, even when I stayed in the ville and I stayed in this bad neighborhood and moved up to North County whatever I still as long as I kept myself out of you know, hanging with certain people or the certain crowds, I wasn't in certain places. Even when I did music and I had to do music in some questionable venues and stuff like that and do some live shows, it's some places that some people would consider is very dangerous. As long as I stayed to myself, I ain't wasn't really around people and stuff, I never had no problem. Yep. And I don't keep a gun <coughs> on me now and stuff like that because my whole thing is I don't need it because when you have it on you, you are, you're more likely to do something with it than if not. Now, I know some people that, they got guns on guns on guns. Yes. And they... Your and nephew. <laughs> I'm not finna go. I wasn't even talking about it. I know some people that, you know, I know some people like, you know, other places too that got all the guns. But, <laughs> but yeah, he is one of them. But when you talk about that, you don't really need that to... Because... You don't really need that to be tough. You don't need that to, you know, if you live in a place where you out here doing business like that and you, you know, then yeah. So let me ask this. We get kind of back into the sports realm a little bit. And uh, so who looks tougher, Shannon Sharp or Ja? We, We know Shannon Sharp is tougher than that. But... Know, but my man, but it's not just about being tough, you gotta be tough mentally. And and his the approach is different. The the approach what wasn't let me show off my gun so I look tough. It was if you got a problem with me, I'll handle that problem myself. Right. Because I'm tough, because I can do that. That's the difference in the situation, and that that's the difference in I mean, I call them the uh, the iPod, uh, not iPod, the uh, Tide Pod generation. Yeah, that's the difference between the Tide Pod generation and the the our generation and yeah. older. Yeah. <clears throat> they they have to show. I um, 
coach basketball for uh, 11 to 12 year olds. And I talk to them all the time about there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Confidence comes from within. I don't need anyone to acknowledge my skills for me to have confidence. It's within me. And so I express my confidence in my skill. Arrogance, I need validation from other people. So I'm showing off for them so that they can validate me and I can feel good about myself from their validation. And that's the difference between what Job was doing and the situation like with how things panned out with Shannon Sharp. Even though, Shannon, you should have kept your mouth shut <laughs> because you were a paying spectator right. at a game. Well, I'm, I'm going to say it like this. First, if you paid money to get into a game and you cheering your team on and stuff, you got a right to say what you got to say. If you you ain't got nothing personal against Dylan Brooks saying he too little against LeBron James. And then the second thing about that is this, because now Dylan Brooks is suspended and dude Clark is out for the rest of the season. Yep. So now the Memphis Grizzlies are, are falling apart. Falling in the standings. They just got beat by the Clippers <clears throat> last night. So you you have a situation where not only are you putting a bad look for yourself and your family and stuff like that, now your team, mm-hmm. who was the second you know best team in the West, is now starting to fall out of the rankings, and you have Sacramento and these other squads coming up. Sacramento. Sacramento. This is their first year in twenty. 20- Twenty years, almost. almost twenty years, I think. Twenty years. That's crazy. Chris Webber and Pages to Yakovich type stuff. <laughs> is is Chris Webber a Hall of Famer? Yeah, 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 Hall of Famer. Yeah. Okay. He he should be. Yeah, no, he's a Hall of Famer. But that's the point that we're making. That's how long it's been since the Sacramento yes. Kings, and they're very help. They're very appreciative of teams like the Memphis Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks, and I handle the business. <laughs> they get to get a good season. So, what do you think about Luca and Booker getting in each other's faces? Yeah. I Two. <laughs> Booker is the ultimate. <laughs> Booker to me is like light skin ratchetness on steroids, <laughs> man. He know he game, he know when to come get you. He know when to talk because he cause he he ain't gonna be saying nothing when they was. They got they got beef. Do you think Luca could throw hands? No, I, I think he can throw hands because any dude that's out there playing basketball the way he does, looking like he out of shape like me, <laughs> nah, bro, he he gotta have. And then he he been playing basketball with grown men since he was fourteen. 13. Yeah. So, but I would say the issue you have with it is Dallas is the ultimate live by the three and die by the three, but Phoenix. Booker need to keep quiet until they beat them in the playoffs. Because the way they busted them up in that game seven last year, <clears throat> the way we was... But they got a different team this year. Man, I don't care. If you ain't got the Terminator on your squad, you don't... I don't trust it, man. If, I thought they was going to steamroll the whole West last year when I was watching them down by 50 points in that game seven. Yeah. 
DeAndre Ayton was getting posted by Luka Doncic? No, bro. And, and I'll be mad talking to them too. Wait till you see y'all in the playoffs. We go, I got Kevin. Now I can run my mouth. Man, look, man. Booker doing all that talking. I hope I wish them well. I just look at a Chris Paul-led team. I've seen Chris Paul-led teams choke everything. I saw them choke a game <clears throat> seven when they was up by 20 points to the Houston Rockets when all they had was James Harden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw them choke that 50-point that disaster. I saw Giannis single-handedly destroy them in the NBA Finals. He made DeAndre Ayton look like a preschooler out there, man. Yeah. And so when I sit here and say, yeah, on paper, it all looks good. But when it comes to being on paper... They don't play it on paper. No, we don't play it on paper. And Chris Paul got... I, I know we talk about Devin Booker, Devin Booker. No, Chris Paul. Dog. Because your boys don't show up <laughs> in crunch time. You got Doc Rivers fired. <laughs> so, I'm going to give you this perspective. And, uh, and I think this may have some correlation. You ask Chris Paul to be a facilitator but when you get down big and you don't have the other guys able to work and now you say okay Chris Paul now I need you to take over that's a that's a hard spot to put someone in hey I seen him do it with the thunder he was he balled harder with the thunder that one year that they weren't supposed to be in the bubble and they was going against the Rockets he was balling harder for them than he balling with a team that's got everything. This team had everything. You got shooters. You got defenders. You got two three-way players. You got a big dude. And for some reason, y'all get in the heat of the moment. Y'all fall apart, man. And I'm just looking at it. And, and I'm I'm sorry, man, when you, Chris Paul, been in the league long enough to understand that you the leader, dog. You got to be the voice that says, no, we got to come back and we got to do this. I've seen the Warriors down by 56 points and still win the series. And they were getting, I was I was looking at the game they had in Memphis last year where they was whooped that trick and all this yeah. stuff on them. Yeah. And what did they do? They came back and let them youngins have it. You got to be able to put the smack down on these youngins when they do that. And clearly, the, the Suns, and I, I want them want Chris Paul to win the ring. I want him to do it. But man, it's these playoffs get long. <laughs> yeah. And there's some young hungry dudes coming out the East. Boston is hungry. Philly is hungry. Uh Milwaukee is still hungry. <laughs> so y'all hey, it ain't it ain't a guarantee, man. I'm uh moving on to the next segment. We had a uh, run-in. Michael B. was at, on the red carpet premiering the movie, and he had a flashback as the lady was, uh, re- you know, interviewing him. Like, hey, didn't you call me horny? And, uh, did you call me corny? I said, Whoa. wrong word. <laughs> but did you call me corny when I was in high school? And it got to the discussion came up because it, you know, went on Joe Budden's podcast talking about Michael B. is corny. Even with all his money and all this other stuff, which, you know, I think what my man uh, Joe Budden did was a hater move. We're going to get in that. Jealousy. But, but 
it had me coming up as a dude that got picked on in high school and um this stuff it had me thinking about why do we call the the good you know the nice guys we'll call them the nice guys the dudes that ain't out here running the streets dudes that ain't out here sleeping with everybody why do we call these dudes corny so and this is just my um personal philosophy on life um I do a lot of I, I say reading books but I really don't read them I listen to them on uh audible but I listened to a book called The Four Agreements. And this book talks about uh, life as a uh, reality, as a dream. And we live in a collective dream that society has created. And it really made me think that is true as a society we have norms and uh, specifications on what we believe is typical and um, acceptable behavior out of people Mm. and depending on their gender and so in high school especially in uh, urban area high schools um, you have a certain type of uh, persona that people associate with cool and it's because of the conditioning that we have grown up with you've been conditioned to think having money having nice clothes having um parents that drive a fancy car is cool and growing up poor not having nice things not being able to uh, afford Jordans or something like that makes you uncool being smart as a African American in this country and focusing on education and not sports or dealing drugs or things of that game banging is seen as corny because that's how we've been conditioned by uh, the environments that we grew up in. Society has created this mold, and if you don't fit the cool mold, then you have to fit the corny mold, unfortunately. Well, I say the two things that me and you have both in common, that we, we were raised in the church, and my wife also raised in the church, and so us being more or less I say church kids yes um, we didn't have a choice whether we wanted to go or not my kids don't understand that but we had vacation Bible school we was there every day uh, revivals we was there if another church ran a uh, workshop we yep. were singing in their choirs like so it was it was all church all the time it Usher board, drama club. We was at church <laughs> almost four or five days a week. So when you come out of church and it just being in the hood that we were in, we grew up in Walnut Park, which is a very bad neighborhood in St. Louis. But here we go to school out at Parkway and we talk proper. And so a lot of people would be corny. It's just like that. You know? I uh, can't. 
remember how many times people told me I talked white. Uh, you talk white. <laughs> Oreo. I know that. <laughs> you sound white. You sound like a white girl. Right. I sound like I have education. Yeah. No, yeah. but see, see, to them, you sound white. I remember when <laughs> I worked at a liquor store in Jennings, which is right north of where the bad neighborhood is, and I'm a grown man. You know, at this time, I was like 25. I just had my first kid, and and the hood started kind of getting to me a little bit because people would test me as a manager there and everything else because of how I talk, you know, because I came in talking proper. So you had quite a few times where people would literally come up to me and talk crazy to me. One time I got slapped in my face by somebody and wound up in a whole brawl because once again, you talk white. You not about this. You not about that. You can't fight because you talk proper. You know, and sometimes people common misconception. Stuff. That's right. And people learn. People don't understand that because you don't fight all the time. Because you don't want to be violent. Don't mean that you not prepared if violence should come upon you. Right. And a lot of times it really shocks me. Just like my cousin was saying. Just because we don't, just because we want to be educated, just because we take pride in our being smart, you know, and being in places where we can use our intelligence, it don't make us corny. Right. You know, because we, or case of house come up, just because we don't smoke weed, I don't smoke weed. Don't make me corny because I don't smoke weed. It, it just, it makes two people who, do those things, it makes you different. Right. And people have issues with difference. They want everybody around them to enjoy the exact same things that they enjoy and I I just don't see how you can expect someone to, everybody to always do and like the things that you do. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I've, I've been trying, y'all have been trying to really listen to this because it's good. But I have to say this. I think what it is also is that it points out to people when people don't like who they are, when people see something in themselves that they don't like, and they see all of those attributes of what they would want to be in someone else, then they have to project this uh, this this ugliness on others. Like they have to. Um, it's almost like they have to make you feel that the person you are and the lifestyle you live is somehow uh, uh, different, set apart, corny, odd, peculiar, because the reality of the matter is, is there are people that look at you and it's like, man, how can I get like that? And they really envy you. And, and that because they don't know how to, in a, in, a, in a group setting, in a public setting, because they don't know how to, how to get that over to you or get it across to you that, Yo, I actually feel what you what you own, and because they feel like other people may look at them a certain way, if they actually want better for themselves, what do they do? They talk about the the, the underdog. They talk about the person in the room that that is separate, that is is um, going against the grain, and then they make that person feel a certain way. But the reality is, is I've talked to so many people, even after high school, that were that may have picked on me or talked about me or had issues with me and later on it was like 
I really looked up to you. Like, that was a lot. I really wish that I had done a lot of what you did. And it was like, so why didn't you just say then, hey, like, I really like this thing. But no, but that's the thing is there's this pressure in the world to, to literally look cool or look, um, you know, so, I don't know what it is. It's like maybe you have to look like you're okay with yourself in front of people. I don't know what it is. But, and then afterward, you end up finding out these same people looked up to you. And I think a lot of it is uh, jealousy. Yeah. When I think back to, like, school, and kids would be like, uh, you're a nerd because you get good grades. And it's not that necessarily something is wrong with you as a person that gets good grades. It's that they want to get good grades, but they feel like they can't. And so they they can't make themselves feel better by getting good grades. They have to make you feel bad about getting good grades so that they can feel better about about themselves. What the funniest thing I found my senior year of high school is how how you making fun of people getting good grades. But then you also make it fun of people because they need more credits to graduate. <laughs> like, you literally making people, oh, you ain't gonna get no real diploma when you get across the stage. Uh, and people was literally getting made fun of that particular reason. And I was... Because it doesn't matter what the issue is. It's something that I can hold over you right. to make you feel bad and make me feel right. good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's you got good grades or you're in choir or you're on the chess club, whatever it may be, it's something I can make fun of you about right. and now I can feel good because I made you feel I bad. I feel superior to you. I can feel it somehow that my life is better than yours right. even though I feel like it's really You nice. may be smart, you know, but I got I got all these numbers even that I pulled. Even down to the clothing thing. You know, people talk about others with clothing and the reality of the matter is people come out of families where there's a ton of kids. Parents back then in the day, it was like, look, we're going to pass this stuff down. You you know, a lot of people didn't get fresh new clothing and the, the hottest new shoes. And, you know, I remember back in the day, kids was everything and that's all I ever wanted. But I didn't get kids. I got men. Or whatever you know the the, the unknown oh, friend great. you know and 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 people identified them ain't kids and it was like why are you looking that hard to, to to be able to tell me you ain't wearing you ain't wearing the style why are you trying to imitate it people it got even down to the clothing thing and the the reality is is that again there are people in this world that are really not happy with who they are where they are where they're going when they looked at uh, Michael, she even when when that situation happened, she was like, "No, we were actually trying to talk about how you know you would come to school and you had all them headshots of yourself and you took yourself too seriously. Why was it wrong that he took himself seriously? Why was it wrong that he felt he was going to achieve something and then he ends up doing it and now you rubbing his shoulder talking about he's the sexiest man alive? No, he had every right to look at you and say." But you said I was horny. He had every right. Because that's hypocritical. Yeah. I'm going to tie this into our last topic. Because the thing about Michael B. and his friend Jonathan Majors that I want to get into it. You see two black men that are staying in shape. 
they are taking these roles where they're being, you know, family guys and they are, you know, doing these things. But the one thing you ain't seen these guys do, or maybe I'm wrong or whatever, um, they one of the very few successful black actors that I see come up and I haven't seen them put a dress on. Um, I haven't seen them, you know, and I'm not saying nothing's wrong with that. I'm just saying that because, you know, Jonathan Majors did a bunch of shoots in Ebony and one in Vanity Fair where they are literally questioning this man's manliness. And I know my man had, you know, some suspect poses, we'll call it. But you also got to understand, you know, with these suspect poses, you also got to understand that this man is a trained actor. This man put the work in to transform his body for these roles that he's going to take on. And if these people are asking him to, you know, take these poses, wear these clothes, whatever he's doing, and he's making the money doing it, then, um, you know, why are we questioning his manhood? And even then, one thing that I appreciate that you said in an interview was that they were like, you don't even look into what people say about you. He's like, no, I don't have social media. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me what people are saying about me. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and he lives his life in that way. And I appreciate that because at the end of the day, that's part of the problem. There's so many people, social media has people so wrapped up in what the world, what everybody's saying. Oh, don't you hear they say this about you? Oh, did you hear what they said about you in Ebony? Like, he doesn't even know unless they tell him. He don't know. And I like the fact that he's so focused on his craft. He's so focused on his life that this is this is my goal. I, I don't care what y'all do. So, to start off, the lip pose... <laughs> was too much for me but but that aside I didn't I didn't question his manhood I just thought oh why is he making his lips like that I don't like that but again that, that goes back to that societal thing where we have pigeonholed sexes into doing certain behavior and this is a little bit off topic, but you think of basketball, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade's son yeah. identifies as a female. Right. He a boy and now he identifies as a a woman. And what I think the problem is is growing up, you are told as a boy you play with Tonka trucks and Hot Wheels and you play football and basketball and other sports and you run around and do all these boy things. And as a girl, you play with Barbies and kitchen sets and stuff like that. And we've as a society identified these things as a sex. These activities with a sex and so as a child growing up as a male and he looks at Barbies and a kitchen says and says I want to play with them and he's told that's what girls play with and so now he's saying oh I like girl things I must really be a girl and not a boy because 
we have identified certain activities and likes and dislikes and even liking uh, same sexes as being a identity thing. So he says, if I like men, I can't be. I don't feel like I'm gay. I feel like I'm a girl that likes boys because girls like boys or girls are supposed to like boys. And I think that's why we look at uh, Jonathan Major with the, the pink fur on and think they are uh, de-masculine. How do they say it? Uh, emasculating him. Well, there was another one where... Uh, uh, what's his name? ASAP Rocky was yeah. on the baby and Rihanna. Yes, and he's behind her. And Why is it the male leading? Because who is ASAP Rocky to Rihanna? And then on I mean, you think about one, she eclipses him in stardom. I mean, so why would he be a, because he's a man? He be, that's all. Dog, do, are are we still in? The Stone Age? Are we clubbing women over the head? To did you club your wife over the head? Yeah. Off the, uh... <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, which <laughs> you can answer that question? No, no. But for real, like, I, I don't know. I like the fact that, or what you just pointed out. She, she is, especially in her um, life right now, financially, business-wise, her, her, she her had the baby. So has sword, has sword. But it doesn't, what I like about that picture is it doesn't cut into who he is. He's still a father. He's still, he's, he's still holding the baby, which is not what it would be in I'm the past. How many pictures do you see of black fathers really being present? I mean, it's really hard to even see that in the first place. Um, you know? I wanna, I wanna ask you personally, because we're both black fathers. We're both girl dads, uh, even to a bigger extent of that. I got a boy, he's 18, and he's learning the game. Um, what is it to be manliness? Like, if you, when you, when you talk, when you talk to your young kids that you coach, and you know, even the young cousins and nephews that come up under us, what do we, what would we define as manliness? What I aspire young boys to do is to be responsible in any endeavor that they they take on so being responsible in school I always tell my kids we are student athletes student comes first if you can't handle your business in the classroom you're not gonna play be responsible and that's what manliness is to me is taking care of your responsibilities and and I try not to assign behaviors to manliness carrying a gun uh, beating on your woman uh, being superior financially over other people I don't think that makes you manly that that can lead to other complexes that you have specifically superiority or 
inferiority complexes. You're trying to overcompensate for your shortcomings by showing off your money or beating on your woman or doing those type of things. Um, but being responsible. So if Ja, to kind of tie all the stuff in, if Ja comes out and takes responsibility as a man for his behavior, this is what I did. This is why I did it. I understand that this was not good behavior and this is what I'm going to do going forward. Man, that's what men do. They take responsibility. If he tries to skirt this off on other people, say I didn't do anything wrong when his behavior clearly, not just basketball taking him out of games, but endorsement deals, they took um, Kyrie's endorsements because he posted a link to a movie that he didn't even say anything about the movie. He just posted the link of a movie and they said he was making anti-Semitic comments by because the movie had anti-Semitic right. comments, which was on Amazon. And Nobody said anything to Amazon. No. Did we did we call Amazon down? Hey, hey, why you got this movie on your platform? And, and I'm gonna, you know, because I don't I wanna basically say this when it comes to manliness. You know, I always tell my kids respect is given, trust is earned. You know, as a man, even when you're in a relationship with a woman, you have to figure out your role between each other. Because every woman, every relationship you're gonna be in is different. But as a man, you know, in, in my in my opinion, because I'm a God-fearing Christian guy. So my thing is basically being accountable to God for my actions and the things that I do and the things that I do wrong. Not just being strong in what I believe in and, and everything else and trying to do the right things in a leader, but also being man enough to realize when I made a mistake and to fix it. You know, and what you said, responsibility, being accountable. You know, you can't be accountable. Like, I've heard so many men, we watch paternity court, and these dudes say they can't help who they are. Yeah, you can. You know, it don't matter what I did. Yes, it matters what you're doing. You know, if you're not working to fix yourself to be a better person, to to step in a lighter direction, we were talking, like, for a long time in my life, most of the business that I was dealing with for almost four years was all women. Because, you know, some of the people that I were around, they weren't keeping their word. They weren't about the business that they said they were. They were not doing the things that they said they were going to do. They were not who they really said they were behind closed doors. And so when I come to a place where these are real men and they really stand up for what they say, they take care of business the way that they say they do, I don't have to put it on writing. In the situation, I don't have to hold nobody to a contract. I don't have to sue to get paid type of situation. When you work with people that are handling business, men that are handling business, and you see that you're not the only one that does this, that's the that's the change and that's the life. You know, that's, that's what shows to be a man to me. Being accountable for not just the things that I do but also everything that I say just being accountable I'm I, can I say something from a female perspective because okay so I came my mother I come out of a single parent household and mothers teach their their, their daughters what to look for in a man 
right? This is the type of man, this is what a man does, this is what a man should do for you. So this is this is what you, you would want to achieve. So growing up in that household, you know, me and my sister, you know, we were ta- always taught that a man is the leader, that he should, he should be a leader. And that's the way even God intended it. Thus, Adam being made, created first, you know, and then Eve from Adam. You know, he's meant to be the leader. He's meant to be the provider. He's meant to be the protector because he's built to be stronger. He's built, I mean, and and, and let's be honest, men in general are built differently than women. You know, they are a stronger, you know, build than we are. You know, now stronger may, may, uh, so, as so in their strength, not necessarily uh, that the woman is weaker mentally or, or whatever, but I'm just saying stronger in, you know, actual physical body strength, you know, and that, you know, a man is supposed to, you know, love his family. Uh, like I said before, provide for his family. A man is supposed to be someone that is uh, has integrity and is honest about who he is and what he does. And, you know, so you, you're taught these different things are mothers, I don't know about mothers nowadays, but I know mothers back in the day that really loved their daughters and wanted their daughters to be successful were teach this stuff. So then you go out in the world and you're looking at these guys and, you know, the the standard now of what is manliness or what is manhood has, has twisted. It, it sort of turned a little bit because, and it could be because of the world, it could be the stuff that men are facing now we are living in a society we were just talking about it where black men are a target to you know police target to white race you know they're a target to so many and it has changed even how the black man or men in general see themselves you know there uh i was just gonna say it and it kinds of ties into what you were just talking about. I went to college with a, uh, a young man and uh, him and his fiance at the time um, were both in my grade and we came into the school that I went to together. So they came to the school together. They both lived on campus and he literally controlled everything that they did. And so when you're taught a man is supposed to be in control and take care of you, he took care of his girl. He loved her. But he literally mapped out everything they did. And if it sounds a little vulgar, even to the point of when they had sex. So they had sex on a schedule. And he created it. And did everything, she did everything he wanted because he was the man. So whatever he said do, she hopped to it and did it. And I don't, as a girl dad, I definitely don't want that for my daughter. I want her to understand that that is not respect. That's not, no, no, no. But, and then the other aspect of that is, is now they equate money with being able to take care of them. So that's what 
this young generation looks for. They looks they look for someone who has a lot of money that can uh, spin the bag on them and do all this other stuff. And what they don't understand is when you get into a relationship based on him spinning a bag and you're dependent on everything he does, he can literally take advantage of you because you have no out. If he is literally the only person that can generate income and so you don't want to work so you find someone that's just going to take care of you, then you have to be ready for what that entails. That means if he want you to bark like um what's uh, <laughs> coming to America bark like a dog you can, you gotta bark like a dog when you in that type of situation and I don't that doesn't that is definitely not respect that's not responsibility that is, if something I mean we don't know what tomorrow will bring if something happens to you and God forbid you leave your woman in a situation where now she has no skills, can't do anything for herself. Now she has to look for someone else. Now she's she literally has to find another person that will be able to take care of her because she can't take care of herself. Um, I'm going to uh, leave it there. Because uh, it can get, take us into a whole other topic. Don't get us into a relationship yeah. topic and yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we we about out of time anyway. Um, did you want to go ahead and give your Instagram different things you're working on? Um, I really, at this point, I don't have any information to lead people to what I'm doing. Um, I am focused right now on my personal investment portfolio, so I'm I'm really not taking clients at the moment. I'm actually learning a method for trading and focused on that right now. So um, I got Facebook and I got Instagram. Uh, Instagram is Emmanuel Jones uh, 39. Uh, And I do post a lot of like self-help because that's my thing is Self-reflection leads to growth. Growth leads to success in whatever avenue you're looking for, but it starts with self-reflection. And the type of books that I read, and I, I do, a, I post a lot of uh, motivational stuff, is self-reflecting things to encourage growth. So, um, no... I, I had been insurance uh, and uh, doing sales on that, but I I have stepped away from that to focus on learning an investment strategy. Well, that's that's awesome. Uh, well, thank you for coming out. Oh, anytime. Thank you for being on the pod with us. Um, we we're gonna try to be more consistent, people. Please forgive us. I know. <laughs> um, be more uh, we were busy doing music so we didn't share a lot of it so we got a few more projects that we're dropping that type of stuff we will be doing a spoiler free review of um, Creed 3 and Ant-Man so uh, stay 
tuned for those. We'll get them up as soon as possible. And we do have a few more YouTube videos popping. I know um, y'all been wanting to see one on the Cassia Privia. It, it's halfway done. So, we just want to make sure that we uh, take care of business and get, you know, get you some high quality. And do you have anything else you want to say? I have nothing to say. I'm just glad that you, you uh, came through today. I'm glad that you were on here with us. Uh, I tried to keep as quiet as I could, but sometimes these topics do be real in the end. <laughs> but, um, but definitely, we would love to have you come back and and discuss even some of the relationship topics. So we we do extend that uh, to you but um again we just hope everyone's doing well we're praying for you you all continue to pray for us and you all have a good night good night god bless and see you next time